0: Welcome to KHJ Los Angeles! It's me, Alex D. And we're here to play in your biggest hits! What? Hey. Just kidding, it's I'll take three a movie treasure hunt, and but I am Alex D, and today we're (coughs) here to review and talk about the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So we are um, three people. Okay, let me tell you guys all about this podcast. This podcast is three people, so you have one person, then another, and then a third. And I'm the first person. Do you think this is good, guys, so far? All right, and then the second person
1: (laughs) I'm waiting to get introduced is Jacob. Before I speak, it's me. (laughs) Yes, finally. (laughs) Hello, world. I have been birthed.
0: And the third person (laughs) (laughs) is Kristen.
2: Hi, it is me.
0: <laughs> have you been birthed?
2: <laughs> sure. <laughs> we
0: all have. Oh, God. Um, but we're here today to cap off the film series. Not film series. The theme. This, uh, oh, boy. The theme. Oh, boy. <laughs> that, that the theme I of movies with cameos in them. And so my selection is the 2019 Quentin Tarantino-directed once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, we previously reviewed uh, Devil Wears Prada with some um, you know, cameos from uh, some models like Giselle Buchen Buchen? Buchen, Buchen, and Heidi Klum, and of course <laughs> <Klum>. <laughs> Tropic Thunder.
1: Drop the Thunder. Tr- just Tropic? No, I said Drop the Thunder. Oh, uh, I thought just you were it like, oh. it. When, when Justin oh.
0: Timberlake has dropped the the.
1: <laughs> dropped the the. Just Facebook. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that. Tropic. The Tropic of Capricorn. Ooh, uh, what, the Flint, Michigan Tropics. There we go.
0: Oh. Very, very cool. But um, this Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is full of cameos and, you know, small roles given to um, some... Either you know well-known actors, up-and-coming actors, Tarantino regulars, and so I thought it was a perfect fit because this is a movie that um, I I only saw once. I oh, know I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but I loved it and I've been um, itching to to watch it again. But it's it I'm not a big movie rewatcher. I don't rewatch movies a lot, so it was a perfect opportunity to select it and get the chance to rewatch it.
1: Man, the cast on, on the Wikipedia page is like forty names. It's insane. Yeah, this film is packed. It has
0: a a budget of ninety to ninety six million dollars, and so they, you know, I I would say they made the most out of that money. For sure. Well, they
1: all the they had to pay for all those cars. <laughs> That's true. <clears throat> all those cars the, had to get that the, their paychecks. The, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh the budget the way the way they got to that budget of the film is kind of interesting. It had to do with uh, you know, the selling of the film. Uh some very particular uh contingencies on Taran- whoever
0: bought this film. Tarantino is like I mean, he's one of those act- or sorry, directors who can pretty much dictate what he wants to do mm-hmm. to make his film because studios will you know, want, they want to be the ones to produce and release his film.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you mind if I uh, just say what some of the stipulations were just because I think they're kind of interesting? Sure. Uh, yeah. So uh, Tarantino's demands uh, to whoever was going to buy that film was that he had to have a $95 million budget. He had to have the Final Cut privilege. Uh, yeah. you know, so he gets final say. Um, he gets, quote-unquote, extraordinary creative control. Uh, and then he gets money, 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 25% off of the first dollar gross. And then he also gets the rights to the movie back after 10 to 20 years.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, which I found very, very interesting.
0: Yeah, no kidding. He, um, I mean, this movie has been a big part of his life. I think he's even referred to it as like his um, magnum opus yeah. level film. And he's released a novel that's like an expanded. Yeah, um, uh, it's the aspect of the, this the movie.
1: films of uh, the films of Dalton. Uh, what's his last name?
0: Rick Dalton. He hasn't released that one yet, but he's oh, writing. Yeah, but he released another film. Okay. Yeah, another novel. Um, yeah. It's just called Once Upon Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it um, it tells this uh, story, but like this it's. Story. Rethinks some of it, and it includes some stuff that was not in the movie, and and everything, and some stuff it's afterwards. Like
3: yeah,
0: it's, it's like not a just. hmm It's a real novel.
3: Interesting.
0: <clears throat> but um, so this movie, before you jump too far into the weeds, if you haven't seen it, kind of a synopsis of the movie: it's about a a faded television actor played by Leonardo DiCaprio. He had some, um, you know, uh, hit, um. Seasons with a, a a western in the 50s called Bounty Law in the w- world of this film. And now he's in, it's in the late 60s and he's, his star is pretty well faded. The um, very late 60s. Mm-hmm. 69 to be exact. Nice. <laughs> and it's a story about him and his stunt double who he has, um, you know, had with him pretty much his whole uh career. And he's kind of j- paying him now the story of them too and how they... You know are trying to keep their career going together going in an in a ever-changing yeah. Hollywood yeah and set alongside their neighbors or at least Leo's actor is a neighbor to Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski and the fateful events that we know had did happen in later in 1969 so um, this this movie is uh, Tarantino's ninth film too that he's released, and he has said um, in interviews before that he's like I, I I see myself just doing ten movies and that and that's it, and so if that's the case, like this could be his second to last movie that he releases.
1: It's a lot of pressure on the last movie. Mm-hmm. But
0: I don't know. Who knows what'll happen? I mean, he's getting older. Um, he's not old old yet, but. It would yeah. make sense if he wanted to retire well, and stuff or focus on novels or whatever he wants to do.
1: Yeah, and he could he could do a whole number of things. But you know, sometimes sometimes people have a uh have a passion. If there's a and if there's a project that strikes them, yeah. Doesn't matter what they say at some point in time.
0: Yeah, if he wants to tell a story, he I'm sure yeah. he wouldn't let any anything like that stop him. Exactly. But this movie, um I mean, it did make plenty of money. It grossed $374 million on um, that $90 million budget, 90 to 95. Um, And it was very well-received, the performances, cinematography, everything. I'm sure we're going to talk about some of that. And it was nominated for 10 Academy Awards, and it won um, two awards. One of the big awards it won was Best Supporting Actor for Brad Pitt. It was his first ever um um acting emmy emmy Uh, not emmy oscar oscar Oscar. Oscar. oh my goodness (laughs) and then it also won confused (laughs) because
1: you know it's tv is a film i don't know
0: (laughs) it also won best production design um for the film but it was nominated for best picture best director best actor best screenplay it was one of the big movies of the year
1: I was surprised it didn't win more. Uh, what won the What won the Best Picture that year, twenty nineteen? twenty nineteen?
0: Yeah. Um. Good question.
1: I'll look it. Uh, I'm always interested in what won instead. You know, uh, I have it right here.
0: Par- <laughs> Parasite.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
0: Which is really, really good as well. Okay. Um. Yeah. The But the movie, like, Tarantino kept things close to, you know, the vest. He wanted, you know, I think to bring Tarantino and Pitt back into the fold. Um, And then Margot Robbie had said that she wanted to work with Tarantino and um, she really encapsulates Sharon Sharon Tate in in a very humane and good way. Is that a – that's how you critique stuff, right? A good way. She did a good job. It was very – Good. Good. Um, Anything else about the film that you guys would want to say at a high level?
1: Let's go ahead and wrap up.
2: Yeah, I think we're done.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The only only thing that I um, noted that I thought was interesting um, that I found on Wikipedia that they listed was both Brad Pitt and Leo both got paid $10 million for the movie. Uh, Piece, which uh, I guess was a pay cut for them. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I'm
0: sure they could ask for more if they wanted to.
1: I know that's just yeah. Yeah, but um, also, Burt Reynolds was originally cast in this movie, uh, but he died, um, and so he was uh, unable to finish filming him before he was able to film his scenes. he was going to play George
0: George Spawn in the movie who Bruce Stern ended up yeah. portraying.
1: George is blind.
0: <laughs> and Luke Perry, this was his final film role. Did when you Luke saw Perry's him Jake the uh, singer? No, the actor. Jungle Boy's dad,
1: remember? God, I literally have no clue who that is.
0: We talked about this last week.
1: <laughs> well, I totally forgot. Jungle Boy the wrestler. Oh yeah, with the mask?
0: No, that's Luchasaurus. Jungle Boy is luch- was Luchasaurus's um tag team partner though. So here's oh, yeah. Jungle Boy. Who are you
1: looking up? I got I got Luke Perry up. Okay. Here's The Jungle. Singer. Jungle Boy.
0: He yeah, looks just like his him.
1: dad. <laughs> He looks like a off brand caretop. he looks just like Luke Perry, but anyway, this was Luke Perry's last film as mm. well before he passed Jack Perry that's juggle boy, okay, yeah, do you see the resemblance? mm, not based on the Wikipedia photos. Who does Luke Perry play in this movie?
0: He plays the um the so the scene when Leo is on um Lancer and he's, you know, holding the little girl hostage and the yeah. guy that Leo's talking to, that's Luke Perry. And the guy in like the blue suit. Um not Timothy Oliphant's character in that first one scene. Here I'll look. Luke Perry once yeah, upon a time in Hollywood. Remember. If you look at that up, you probably s- can find a picture of him. Okay. Oh, he is in a blue suit in a deleted scene, but um, this is what he he looks like in the final film. Okay.
1: Yeah, I watched the uh, that at the at the end they have a bunch of deleted scenes and they show uh, that the same scene twice with him in it in a blue suit and I don't know why they show it twice but they show it twice and it looks the exact same to me I don't know what the changes are
0: interesting yeah I I didn't um, have the time to watch those okay but yeah history with this film so I mentioned that this was only the second time I saw it the first time was um, right it was 20 I think it was the end of 2019 December like 2019 if I had to guess Couldn't um have been 2018 no no definitely not but uh I bought it uh, as soon as it was available for a digital release I bought it and um watched it and I really really liked it um I haven't seen it since and that's not an indication of the film just not not something I do a lot is rewatch movies especially that recent
1: yeah movie. and um, this what about is you guys uh, my history with it is: you bought it, you watched it, and you said, "Jacob, you gotta watch this movie." I bought it on Amazon Prime. You can watch it, and I probably dragged my feet for a couple weeks or months, whatever, and then then I finally got around to watching it, uh, and then I really enjoyed it the first time, but never watched it again. Just like uh, just like you. it was one one and go.
0: You know. Talking about you dragging your feet when um, I was like, you guys should watch The Last of Us. I thought for sure you were you were never going to see it. And then you you started watching (laughs) it like right away.
1: (laughs) I like uh, I like uh, Bella Ramsey and I like uh, uh, Pedro uh, Pascal Pascal. Oh, my God. For some reason, I was I was all of a sudden the name Oscar got in my head for some reason. (laughs) And that's all I could think of was the name Oscar.
0: That's funny. He's... Yeah, he's... Have you gotta watch The Mandalorian, Jake.
1: No, I don't need to watch that.
0: <sighs> it's so good. You don't even
1: see his face in it. Yeah, you do. He's wearing a... M- he's wearing a hat.
0: Oh, yeah, but he takes it off a couple times.
1: Nah, not interested. I don't <sighs> want to watch him take a hat off. If I watch somebody take their hat off, I'll watch... Uh, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right,
0: all. Chris, <laughs> Kristen, what's your history with this film?
2: Um... <clears throat> well, first off, I want to say I'm sorry that I haven't been talking very much, but just for the listeners to let you guys know, I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to pick as my theme, so I'm trying to this figure out. This is how we out. do things over here. I'm trying to multitask, okay? So, that's why I've been quiet.
1: Kristen is a pro-procrastinator.
2: Sure. just watch this movie. We already watched that recently. Um. Uh, my history with this is it came out and I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to watch that movie. (laughs) And it's like mainly because it had to do with the Sharon Tate stuff, which I don't, I don't like that at all. So like, Hey, I
0: don't like that. Well, I know you don't like it, but I mean,
2: like, I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to list like watch something about it, you know, like. I thought that's what it was really based around, but it's not really. So, um, yeah. But that was my history with it, and I've been avoiding watching this movie for so long. And what's even funnier is that I'm always one that always ruins things for myself. I read the synopsis and all of that, Mm -hmm. but this is one of the movies I haven't read the synopsis on. Like, I had not read it. Even though
0: you were planning not to watch it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess deep down I did want to watch it because obviously <laughs> I didn't ruin it for myself, but yeah. I also didn't wasn't going to go out of my way to watch it either, so I guess it's good you did pick it because then I finally watched it. So Yeah. yeah. It's
0: funny, though, yeah. when we picked it and we were done recording, I, w- I went over to Kristen She she's like, I don't want... Yeah, done recording our episode when I picked oh, it. Oh, last weeks episode, gotcha. And she was like, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> and I was like, oh... My heart was broken.
2: I think Aww. I just get, like, really intimidated when they're, like, super long movies. Because I'm like, oh, I'm going to get so bored. Like,
1: Even if they're your own choice. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah, when you <laughs>
1: pick the music, man. <laughs>
2: like, God, I that don't
3: want to this anymore. <laughs>
0: You even tried to change it. But Jacob was like, I already watched an hour of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not changing it. I'm yeah. <laughs> I was too into it. I'm-
0: yeah, at that point, you got to see what happens. That was good, too. Exactly. I like the music, man. Okay, cool. <clears throat> well, um, let me ask you guys this, too. What are your guys' feelings with um, Tarantino films? Are you a fan?
2: They're okay. I I mean, I like the Kill Bill movies. I, really, I think they're awesome. Um, they're some of my favorite ones. But I don't care... For for his foot fetish that gets put into every single movie. I don't care for that. I don't want to see people's feet. <laughs> so that that's uh, always, one of the like, things
1: I wrote down for this movie. It always <laughs>
2: sours it. Like I swear. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, why, why do you have to put that in there? Like, but the rest of it was, is a lot of his movies are all have really good stories like cinematography all the director stuff is amazing but it's just that one weird thing that i can't get past and i'm just like he just comes off as a like a creep to me so yeah
1: yeah um i uh don't have a wide not like i can't name off all of his movies and i haven't seen Um, Are you looking at all of them? That's Mm -hmm. what I'm trying. I'm getting to it now. I'm scrolling. There's a long Wikipedia page here, uh, including a lot more uh, things about him that I didn't really connect before. Uh, But I've connected as I've just scrolled through his Wikipedia page (laughs) uh, based on Kristen's foot fetish comment. Uh, But uh, (laughs) yeah, based on the movies that uh, I'm seeing here now, I actually have not seen that many of them. And I... From 2009 until – I've seen all of them. Um, But I haven't seen Jackie Brown or Reservoir Dogs, and I've only seen part of Pulp Fiction. Um, I haven't seen the full Pulp Fiction. Um, I've seen very – like, I've seen a bunch of it in different segments, but never watched it, like, just sat down and watched the whole thing. Um, Interesting. But, I I mean, he's definitely – Based on the ones that I've seen, his movies are definitely ones that, like, you are immersed in that movie, and you're going to yeah. watch that movie, and uh, it's going to, you know, draw you in and keep you, and uh, that is uh, a talent um, that not everybody has, uh, so, yeah, I would say he's a, he's a good director, um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think I've noticed the feet thing before until this movie and I don't think I noticed it the first time but watching it this time I noticed it every single time I was like why is this keep <laughs> happening yeah he's got a foot fetish it's just not lie about that
0: um <clears throat> I don't care it doesn't bother me um, well and the
1: fact that he worked work, worked with Weinstein for like his entire career until this yeah, movie yeah see that, that does is very questionable it would bother me more
0: but I don't know. I I love his movies. I like even his
1: And he like defended Roman Polanski in like 2013 or something like that.
3: Mhm.
0: I'm so not Yeah, he's... a
1: lot of uh suspect stuff.
0: He's uh yeah. I think he's the concerns are all valid. Um but I really like his his movies. to three. The way he blends he blends um you know, there's there's storytelling. It's very character driven like Uh, um, most characters in the movie have, they're just, they stand out. They have something unique in them, at least if they're, you know, a solid supporting character. Um, the dialogue is, it feels, um, it feels authentic to the world that he creates, even if it can be a little dramatic, you know, sometimes in some of his movies. Um, but it, it feels authentic to the movie itself and the cinematography. Um, and then he, a lot of movies, the way he just he blend will blend like really, um, over the top violence. And I think some people have a problem with that. But to me, he it's so over the top most of the time, that it's cartoonish. And I think it, um, it, lessens the blow more than because it's not like he's trying to make it realistic violence. It's like over the top, and then humor, and then you know the action and. and everything so I, i'm a huge fan um if i could i was going to give you guys my quentin tarantino rankings because i've seen all his movies
1: okay can i uh do you mind if i say one no never mind. go ahead
0: yeah so i'll start at the bottom my least favorite of his movies is the hateful eight um it was too long and it wasn't as um interesting as i thought it would be it's still very good though um, number nine is Death Proof to me. Uh, that's a really good movie too, but not just you know it's not as fascinating. Then I ranked the Kill is Bills together. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, is Death Proof? Didn't they come out at like Whitson City or something like that? Or it was with um, Planet Terror. It was the Grindhouse movies. Okay. Did he do that as well, or he only did Death Proof? He only did Death Proof. Um, Planet okay. Terror is Robert Rodriguez who he and Robert Rodriguez are like really good friends. Um, The kill bills are pretty much ranked together for me. Um, Just like Tarantino considers them one film. So they're at seven, eight reservoir dogs at six. Django at five. Jackie Brown at four, which um, I, I like Pulp Fiction a lot, but Pulp Fiction is so widespread in the culture. That Jack, like uh, Jackie Brown, is one that I think everybody should watch because not it's not as well known. It's just as good, and then Inglorious Bastards too. And for me, and why I'm excited to talk about this movie with you guys, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my favorite Tarantino movie.
1: Mm-hmm. You made a uh, rank mine based on what I've seen. Sure. And based on just my feeling of right now. All right. Sure. <coughs> All right. So here you go. Pulp Fiction last just because I haven't seen it fully I've always seen pieces I've actually seen bits and pieces of Kill Bill I don't know if I've seen bits and pieces of both of them or if it was just maybe two or maybe two I have no clue but that'll be last then Pulp Fiction uh, then Hateful Eight uh, then then Inglorious Bastards then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood then Django and jane
0: interesting Like Django and Chain a lot. Yeah, Django's very good too.
2: Okay, do I have to do mine too?
0: Only if you want to.
2: Okay. Wait, I gotta pull we, up his films. W-
1: we won't uh we won't put your feet to the fire if uh <laughs> <laughs> Or to okay. the camera. I ain't gonna pull a flamethrower out, Kristen. Hey, I get what you said. Um, <laughs> hey remember that remember <laughs> that line uh Remember that uh, Bo Burnham line from uh, Lower Your Expectations? Uh, he says, uh, uh, and if uh, and if your guy has that thing for feet, say, fuck it. Sweep me off him. Uh, oh,
0: that's funny.
2: <clears throat> okay, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I'm like going through real quick and seeing how many I've actually seen, and I haven't seen a lot of these, actually.
3: Hmm. <clears throat> Yeah,
1: he's yeah. kind of spaced out uh, a lot, too. Um, yeah, he takes his time because
0: he, he writes the scripts for the movies. Like, they're his.
2: Oh, I see. I see. Okay. I'm just going hey, to pick ten, my favorite there, one. There's <laughs> 10
1: Okay. <on here. laughs> I thought you said he was only doing 10.
0: Yeah, but he considers Kill Bill 1 and 2 the same movie because it, it was, but the studio made him split it into two parts because he filmed it all as one movie.
2: Okay. So I will say that before today or yesterday or wait, day before, mm-hmm. I <laughs> thought that Kill Bill was one of my favorite my my favorite Tarantino movie, but um after watching this movie, this one is pretty good. So
0: Th- This one's your favorite? Pretty good.
2: Yeah. If I had to pick, like if I Absolutely had to pick a Quentin Tarantino movie to watch, I would watch this Hold one on. again.
1: Gun to your head. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite Quentin Tarantino film.
2: Um Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> so.
0: Wow, my mind is blown.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> cool. That's exciting. All right, let's talk about it then. Um, anything else takes that as a win that he's going to mark yeah. in his
1: little marriage journal <laughs> <laughs> that he keeps beside his bed.
0: Well, this is, I mean, this movie, I wouldn't say it was important to me. Like um, I liked it a lot and I think we'll talk about this. I'm sure. But there's something about this culture of this time period and stuff that I um, am nostalgic for, even though I wasn't around. And so I think it, that's a big part of it. So it's it's very cool that um huh? Kristen liked it.
1: Yeah, it's cause it's like the golden age, you know. You're like, I wish, uh, wish we had, you know, uh, type of type of feeling. Uh, I will say that I'm very proud of myself. Just first off, one of my very first notes is, "Hey, this is a period piece." <laughs> <laughs> well, See, they also like do give you the business.
0: date <laughs> in this movie
1: like I'm de- I've got it. I've got to figure it out.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Um I was going to say too, I remember the first time that you watched this movie, Jake. We, me and you were texting about it. And I told you uh, about the I was like, "Yeah, especially how, you know, they use the Sharon Tate murders to kind of." And you were like, "Oh, I don't know who that was or." Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that,
1: know that was a thing. I literally didn't when I first watched it. I did not I did not get the man. I didn't even know that that was Charlie Manson. I didn't get that. Oh, the guy no coming to the dark You didn't about any of that. I didn't know. I didn't. I barely even know the story. Uh, I knew it was a cult leader, um, but that was about it uh, in terms of my knowledge of any of that. Um, so I thought this was just an entirely made up story, you know. And they were he was putting stuff like Steve McQueen in there to tie it in. All I didn't realize that it was like, you know. So yeah, yeah.
0: Interesting. Okay, <laughs> cool.
1: Definitely, I would say that that it made this this viewing much better than that mm-hmm. first one.
0: Oh, cool. All right, guys. Um, who wants to start?
1: You, I'm gonna you be want 100% me to start? honest with you. Oh, I don't. I didn't necessarily label three things, but
3: you're not ready thing. to
1: take three. But I've got things to talk about, but I haven't necessarily like Okay. Well I'll I'll start three I'll start. specific specific things I want to and have to talk about, you know.
0: So one thing I wanted to talk about was just the you mentioned it being a period piece, the attention to detail in this movie. Yeah. And, you know, that could we that could be it'd be so much. I'm sure we could go into a lot of detail ourselves about it. But um I'd say first, just like the production. So we talked. This movie won the Oscar for Best Production Design, and man, this movie—it feels like it's the 1960s. Like there's nothing that feels out of
1: place. Yeah, the shot when uh, I don't know remember what part of the movie it exactly was, but there's a shot where uh, they're in the car, and it's got it's like nighttime with the city. They got neon lights and the mm-hmm. cityscape. It's just like. This this is gorgeous. I feel like I'm there, you know. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, big time. And you've you've got the cars,
1: the, um, uh streets, the old dials, parking lots. Yeah, yeah. they're they're lined with them. Mention, not to mention the uh, costume design, which is either hippies look amazing, and then all the um, the different costumes for the different movies. Um, where you got like the fringe jacket and oh yeah uh, for like all the western stuff and yeah it's got a variety and it all matches and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good
0: point. I, I the um the way they use like the time period to to show like the little clip at the very beginning of the movie with um their onset of bounty law. And stuff and they really make it feel it's like,
1: a yeah, little, uh, uh, the the ratio is all off because they're doing it in sixteen millimeter mm-hmm. instead of the standard thirty two for movies or thirty three. Don't ask me. Mil- <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um. Thirty five millimeter. Millimeter. I'm so stupid.
2: The one thing that kept jumping out to me, like for like the time period and stuff, was like the cars. Mm -hmm. That was a big thing. Um, I remember within the first scene where, or not the first scene, but one of the first scenes when um, Brad Pitt and Leo are leaving his house. Yeah. And he's driving his big old yellow Cadillac. Is that what that is? Mm -hmm. But he like (laughs) had the gear shifter that's by the steering wheel. And I was like, oh, I want a car that does that.
3: Yeah,
0: (laughs) Totally.
2: Like it just seemed
0: oh. cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Your cars the cars do seem cool, cooler. The bench seats and stuff like that. Before they, like I know the bucket seats are safer, but <laughs> the bench seats are cool.
2: Yeah, bench seats are cool.
0: You you have the um the like products that they're using too, like um, Brad Pitt's eating the Kraft mac and cheese, and it's got the old box. Oh yeah. And the beer cans they're drinking. Um, I was
1: literally thinking, when the hell was Kraft macaroni and cheese invented like that, with that processed <laughs> cheese like that?
0: Yeah. It's got to be around this time.
2: I'm going to look it oh. up because I'm curious.
0: And, like, the made-up dog um, food that they had and they made it. Like, you could tell the, by the label it was new-looking, <laughs> The um, yeah. just the materials used. But, yeah. um, like, they made it look like a 60s
1: brand for sure. Yeah, they made it look like the brand, but and then the can opener was uh, one of the old can openers. It wasn't like the dial can opener, you know. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's so much about it. Um, I like to uh, they. I love the cans.
2: 1937. That's when wow. Kraft oh, Mac and Cheese right. was introduced. was during the Great Depression.
0: Oh, that makes sense. And we haven't changed it since.
2: Come yeah. On.
0: It's still good. What do you need to change? Cut up some hot dogs, throw them in Back there. then, one box probably could feed
2: a family of four for only 19 cents.
1: We should probably bring the prices back mm. down to that price. <laughs> or we should make it so it, we should make sure that there's, you know, is, is that really healthy for us? That's what I want to know. That's
0: funny. Um, <clears throat> and then the buildings too. So you mentioned the neon lights, like they put that on there. Mm-hmm. They make the buildings still look... Um, you know authentic to that time period and they're doing a lot of stuff on location it's not cgi and or um you know um sound stages like i'm sure there is some some stuff in the movie where they use sound stages but like the exterior stuff is pretty well on location and um it's just really cool like they were willing to go to that extent and of course tarantino like he really cares about that kind of thing so I I love just it feels like you're there, in this movie, and then the AM radio. I mean, the music, of course. Yeah. And all the ads they put in the K H J Los Angeles stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, I also like like when uh, um, Margot Robbie uh, Tate goes to watch the movie at the theater, and you can see like this film, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. it's like all. It's got like the effect where it looks crappy, um, and then uh, it, when they show the reels, is all cool. I love all that. Oh uh, yeah,
0: the airplane that they fly on
1: to Italy, yeah. from Italy. Yeah, with those yeah. uh, bottomless, bottomless bloody Marys. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, the I love the, the whole movie because so mentioned the time period being nostalgic for it. And Chris and I were talking about this. I love this movie. I love American graffiti. I love stand by me. Those are like three of my favorite movies. And they're all set in fifties, sixties. Two of them are literally like California. Lots of, you know, um, that era of culture. So I don't know what it is. It just feels, it feels like a time that
1: it, I wish I could have experienced and
0: yeah. I never two, will.
1: Two out of three of those films I would say are great. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, um, you don't like um, Stand By Me? Stand By Me is really good. I, really, really, <laughs> I would say great. Actually. You don't like American uh, Graffiti? <laughs> you know, I wouldn't recommend that movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would say uh, if, if both of you guys, uh, so if you had a, like a time machine, you could go back to any Time period uh but you had to live there you were stuck there well that's harder for i think Christmas. yeah I was, I, was gonna, gonna say, I was gonna say i think I it's say,
2: hilarious when people ask me say, that because it's like you guys know caveat. i'm native right
1: <laughs> i was gonna say a caveat you guys just interrupted me never mind
0: no go ahead go no, ahead
2: no 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 come on okay I was so gonna say,
1: but no matter what you die immediately
3: oh well
2: well
1: I'm kidding. Okay. Um, you can come back after 32 minutes.
0: <laughs> How about 32 days? You can you come g- back. You don't
1: have to. But you can. <laughs> you have to stay there for 32 minutes at least.
2: <laughs> oh, gosh. And you're okay. going
0: to you have to go there and live there
1: for 32, well, at least 32 minutes. 32
2: minutes.
1: But you can come back anytime. You can stay for longer if you want.
0: Well, you guys have my answer. It's you know, 60s California, I want to be in this L.A. area and experience that culture.
3: Mm.
1: I just realized that since I asked you, I probably have to answer, so let me think. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. I keep jumping back before, but between the 1970s, 60s, like the late 60s to the early 70s. And then, like, the 1980s. So... Any,
0: anywhere particular, too? Or you're good wherever?
2: Um, I think I'd want to be kind of... I'd want to experience when everything was, like, changing. Like, you know, like... When, like, the women's movement and stuff happened and... Like mm-hmm. civil rights and all of that. Like, I feel like that would be something really cool to experience yeah. and be there, be you know? Part of.
0: Yeah. I will say, it's funny that that's your answer. And I'm a history major. And my answer was, I want to be in California. I want to drive the cars. And drive the <laughs> <music.">
2: <laughs> <laughs> I want to be with the hippies. And Mine's like, hippies. I want to fight for equal rights. <laughs> I want to fight for the right to
1: vote
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: They had the right to yeah, vote. I was going to say women
2: had the vote. The right to vote then. <laughs>
1: Motherfucking suffrage.
2: <laughs> What's um, your Jake?
1: Mine's going to be out the box, y'all. I want to go back to like back when like the seven wonders of the world were around, you know, like the real ones. And I want to yeah. like, see all that shit.
0: Wow. Do you think they were built by aliens?
1: No, but I think there's a lot of unknowns about them that would be very interesting to know.
0: Yeah, that would be cool.
1: The Gardens of uh, Babylon. uh, Babylon, yeah. Amazing. Yeah,
0: that would be really cool. I agree. I think that's a good pick. And you'd want to be just in, like, um, North America where there's none of that stuff? Yeah, I want to be here for 25 <laughs> minutes so I can get the fuck out. <laughs> That's me. Damn it, I got no reception here.
1: Why is my iPhone not working?
0: <laughs> cool. Um, the last thing with attention to detail I'd say is because this movie deals a lot with, you know, the television of the time and stuff. Um, and the films, but the television is a big part. Um, the way they use, like, uh, sloppy edits sometimes oh
2: yeah that was,
1: that was one of the things I wanted to mention um,
0: I think that's really fun
1: Kristen do you, you want to say something about it
2: I was just going to say that was one of my notes like at the very beginning of the movie I wrote I don't know how I like all these cuts like cutaway scenes are really weird and then I realized oh like <laughs> it's kind of like for the time era and it makes mm-hmm. sense you know
1: yeah, there were um, there were quite a few where I noted um, like oh that's a weird cut and I like had to rewind it to go back and they You're were like, like why would they leave like, this a, in here? <laughs> yeah, and I was like I was like why would they have like there's a scene uh, hold on let me find it right here because I noted it um,
3: it's when he's like, talking to the guy oh. who's
1: trying to get him to go to the spaghetti or to the Italian movies. Yeah, uh, the Al Pacino character. Yeah, and he's <laughs> sitting there and. Uh, they're like just talking and he takes a drink of his water, puts the water down, and then it cuts to him and he's smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And it's like what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And I had to rewind it to make sure I didn't like like, it caught the thing and then um then he messes uh, uh, and then uh there's when he's um talking to I don't know what my note says. The Timothy Oliphant character later in the To the Leroy to the hero? To the hero, yeah, to the hero guy. Uh, yeah. The guy in the red shirt, yeah. The Madrid, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's weird cuts there. But I feel like both times, uh, I felt like they were purposeful because there was a sound effect mm-hmm. with them as well. So there's, yeah. uh, and that's kind of, that's that's one of those things that I think puts Tarantino as like a, just... A,
3: a master really of director. his trade. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Perfect, way, perfect words, Alex. Because um, those are little things that, the sound effects makes so much. Uh, I remember when I was, wh- when I was taking um, some of my audio production classes, my favorite assignment that I ever did was we had to create a story uh, using only sound effects. Um, and mine was like, uh, mine was actually, I wish I still had it, um, but it was really good. It was uh, basically a lady walking to her car, and you'll hear her walking to her car. And then she gets into a car crash, and the, the scary thing about it was uh, you don't he- you don't hear it. Uh, but at the beginning, you hear two doors close, and at mm-hmm. the end, uh, it ends with a baby crying, which is a baby crying. Because uh, she had a baby in the car, and she died, but the baby was there. It was really good. Uh, ow. I wish I had it. Yeah, Sound effects are so important. They
0: are. The story, yeah, for sure. I agree. I think you're right about him being um, really good at, in in that regard because that and that's the attention to detail. I think of what it takes to do that. And then you have the Playboy Mansion party too. How about all that detail? That was pretty great.
1: <laughs> I saw no titties.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right,
1: cool. Could um, play some of these feet shot with titties. Come on.
0: All right, guys, you, you go. What do you got?
2: Um, I guess I'll go. Um, I guess we'll talk about the soundtrack. How about that?
1: Okay. okay. Let me pull it up because I got nothing on it.
2: Well, usually when me and Alex are, like, hanging out and, like, we're playing board Down games or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um. When Alex gets to choose, sometimes he'll put on the sound. Well, is a soundtrack on uh, uh-huh. Spotify, right? Yeah,
0: it is. Yeah.
2: And it's just it's just nice. <laughs> I just like <laughs> listening to it. It's fun.
0: Yeah, it's the it's a it's a great one to listen to because it's got great music. It's um, a good balance of like you have some rock stuff, you have some of the poppier sound of the rock stuff. And then you have some of the hippier songs, and then of course you got the KHJ ads, and you know. I just like that it's like it
2: sounds like you're listening to the radio. Then yeah, it just sounds cool.
0: I agree, it's very fun. And then like even some of the songs are, um, they have some of the feed over from okay now here comes this song blah 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 like special on the soundtrack for it, which is really cool.
1: What's the uh, what's the song gonna be at the end of the podcast, Alex?
0: I can tell you right now, it is going to be "Good Thing" by Paul Revere and the Raiders. I'll write that down. What are you worried that um, someone's gonna see you dancing to Paul Revere and the Raiders?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay. Whew. <laughs> I Thought my computer just went black, but it was just my uh, extended monitor, not the whole thing.
0: Oh, gotcha. Yeah, there's a lot of good music in it, and I love, like, it, it. There's you know the parts of it where it's kind of American graffiti-ish, where the music is just in the movie, because um, you have the radio playing, you have Sharon putting on, you know, records. Mm-hmm. You have near the end where um, uh, Cliff Booth puts on music,
1: and then you oh, have uh, Rick sitting in the pool listening to yes his music.
0: And then you have, you know, music being used, you know, as they show like the neon lights and stuff. Um so they they use the music in both ways and I think it's it's super duper effective. And I wish yeah. I wanna listen to radio like this instead of our radio we have nowadays. <laughs> Give me this kind of
1: radio. Well, uh, you can just go ahead and uh make yourself some playlists and then re- just Go to your computer, you know, and record just a bunch of at ad- fake ads and like lead up <laughs> and stuff and just edit it together and there you go. Okay.
0: Okay. I can do that.
1: You can handle it. I uh I very much enjoyed um the the little ads like you mentioned. Um they're mm-hmm. very fun. They're very, you know, original, I would say, because he I you know this soundtrack is 31, 31 tracks. You know, and to include those little things on that, mm-hmm. it's very fun. Uh, I would enjoy putting like it, this on a vinyl, like on a vinyl. You know, and just, yeah. just uh, the vinyl of it would be very fun.
0: <clears throat> yeah, it's it's cool too because if you like, the easiest thing to do would be just have the music in it. But he's like, no, we need the radio. We need the, like that's. The, that's the yeah, that's life. The feeling. Yes.
1: So he, he really, awesome. really liked Paul Revere and the Raiders. He's got four songs from them on here.
0: Hey, man! It was the '60s. And that's the only band. <laughs> well, you have um, Sharon playing the record, and they play at least two of the songs back to back in that scene. Yeah, back to back. So.
1: Nine and ten. Good thing in Hungary. Yeah. So yeah, it's really good. Anything? couple Any Deep Purple songs, too. Anything
0: else about the soundtrack, Kristen, that you were wanting to say?
2: No, that was it. Just that I liked it.
1: That's great. Alex, is the soundtrack to your life California Dreaming? Yep. I'm Dreamin'?
0: like, oh, dreaming? Dreaming California. I tell Kristen we should move to California because then we could get annual passes to go to Disneyland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> y'all, are, sorry, y'all are part of a cult. <laughs> It's magical, man. Which brings me to my number one thing, which is cults. Cult. Cult. Boom, boom. Cult Cabana. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what I want to talk about right now. What do you think? Phil Brooks, good guy or bad guy? Seth Rollins has got some opinions. Um, (laughs) I think Seth is probably right. (laughs) Probably. Stay away, you cancer. Um, No, uh, but I... Yeah, I did not know about the Manson stuff, the Charlie Manson stuff. Um, obviously, when the connection to this to the first time I watched it, but when mm-hmm. when it happened, I was like, "How in the heck did I miss <laughs> like the cult vibe of this the whole thing?" Because when they go to the ranch, the pond,
3: mm-hmm.
1: the what's it called, the uh, Spawn Ranch, Spawn mm-hmm. Ranch, uh, and the way they all just like stop and they're all just like staring and you know, and, and uh, she's all I I don't even I didn't remember even hearing. Charlie, uh, I can't wait till you meet Charlie uh, the first time I watched it. And I was like, yeah. Charlie, Charlie Manson. Oh, my gosh. I literally wrote Now <laughs> I get it. Uh, <laughs> uh, That's funny. Yeah. Uh, I really I really liked all that. I thought that uh, the way that they had them like, living in those little saloons was really cool. Um, yeah. And uh, Brad Pitt's character like, going to check in on George because he's, like, worried about him. And he just seemed to be this mm-hmm. old man that is...
0: He's like, what, you think I'm being taken advantage of? <laughs> it's like, uh, yep. well, you are, but oh, well.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I thought that was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I think cults in general are an interesting kind of phenomenon. Um, you know, whether it's uh, the Manson family or whether it's, uh, I can't remember the name. Oh, gosh, I was just listening to a podcast about him. Um, but there was this, other religious cult that was going on in america uh kind of during the 80s and stuff and they actually had these like really big pyramids that they built uh out of like stone and stuff but and when they something had happened with them and the government like had them like, taken down and stuff uh because they didn't want like, oh, wow. a monument to like these cults um but yeah that's i just find maybe. cults very interesting yeah and even like whether that's mormonism mormonism <gasps> or uh or most,
0: yeah, organized religion.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Any, any yeah. thoughts or anything you all want to say about that? Uh, what do you guys think about the guy who played Manson?
0: Oh yeah, I mean he doesn't. He, his he's pretty much a cameo in this movie, and I really liked that Tarantino. He's like, okay, I need to to show Manson, but not to make him a focal point. I liked that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it um, was kind of just like real quick, like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he shows up a couple of times, and that's it. Does he show Damon up again? Harriman, because he I shows up. and Walks up in the th- yeah in the first one. Uh, maybe it was just a deleted scene uh, that I saw it. That I saw him, and uh, I thought he was in it twice.
0: Yeah, I think he's only in the one scene. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, the deleted. They, scene, they have some.
1: He doesn't yell at Brad Pitt in the movie, does he? No. And get in a hostess van. And drive
0: no, up. no, he he gets out of the hostess van to go knock on okay. the door. But yeah, Good. that's it.
1: Gotcha. It was a deleted, scene. and he doesn't talk, he doesn't yell at some guy in the back who looks like a sweaty hobo, does he? No. Yeah. Okay, that's a deleted scene as well. Then, um, but yeah, I felt like he was he was in it a little bit because uh, he was trying to sell like music or something to Columbia Records uh, in the other scene. Yeah, it was interesting. But the guy Damon. Harriman is his name? He mm-hmm. also plays Manson in another thing on Netflix, yeah, he so.
0: looks like he looks like him a lot, so I mean he's a very good fit for him uh, <laughs> um uh,
1: who wasn't the studio's number one choice though no, according to the Wikipedia, it was Charlie Day
0: ah, that was the but studio had, or Tarantino uh, wanting
1: according to that it was the studio, apparently, huh, is what it said. I wonder uh, if he was originally
0: supposed to have a bigger part in the movie. Oh, uh, maybe he said he didn't
1: want to play. He didn't want to play that character.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I was looking up some stuff um, uh, around this movie, and I ended up on a you know sep- separate Wikipedia page. Some, no, I was looking up stuff about the Spawn Ranch because it uh-huh. was a real place. Um, I ended up on a different Char- Charles Manson movie and Matt Smith plays Charles Manson.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah.
0: Which I just thought was, um, a different casting choice than I would have imagined.
1: Yeah. I, I don't really long hair and everything. I guess
0: I didn't, um, look at, it. I oh, just looked look at the at Wikipedia it? page. Yeah.
1: Gotcha.
0: But, um, yeah, talking about the cult stuff, like <clears throat> that whole, um, you know, section of the film where he, he, cause he picks up the girl Mm-hmm. Who um you know they've been tiger girl. Mhm. Like making flirty eyes at each other during the movie a little bit. Her her pickles. <laughs> and takes her to the Spawn Ranch and sees it there. And that whole like you said with like, them all hanging out in the little saloon spots and stuff, it's it's literally like a western kind of like that horror western style part of a movie. And um you know, Brad Pitt's the, you know, the cowboy at that point.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't, uh, I didn't correlate the two. Um, before that's an interesting duality.
0: Yeah. There's um, I'm sh- I know we'll talk about this, and I guess we can talk about it at any point. We don't have to stop and wait. But the, you know, the whole movie is about an actor and his stuntman, and the movie really uses that as the metaphor to drive the story because you have during this scene, you have um, Leo doing the emotional um, scene, like putting his all into this performance at um, the, you know, you um, Lancer pilot Mm. shooting and stuff. And then you have Brad Pitt. He's going into the, the danger area and he's, you know, beating up somebody and he's doing the physical part of it. Um, and then the same at the end of the movie when, you know, Leo's at the pool and Brad is in danger. Mm-hmm. He's fighting off the people. And then Leo gets to be the hero at the very end. Yeah. Um, oh, are we, yeah, uh, are we going to the, are we jumping to the end? I've just, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of jumping all over the place. Okay. Um, <laughs> but just that, because you mentioned the duality of the the Western stuff and that stuntman actor thing, it's
1: carried throughout the whole movie. Um, and one thing I found interesting about that was uh, when um, somebody says to Brad, Pitt, "You're pretty. You're kind of pretty for a stuntman," you know, mm-hmm. like
0: yeah. And that's I mean why it, they probably got along so well is because he really was such a good fit for him in a way you know what are you guys' thoughts mixed
1: on? Up when i was younger did you really yeah i really did <laughs>
0: that's funny yeah what are your guys' thoughts on the whole stunt man well did you guys kind of track that at all watching the movie
2: not really <laughs> Not until I got older. Then I was like, oh, I could totally tell that's not the actor. <laughs>
0: oh, no. I just mean in this movie. the.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. What your I questions? think to meant in like, life.
0: <laughs> the, the whole, like, you know, the way the movie uses the storytelling to show, like, the stuntman doing these things and the hero doing these things. And it's the two characters living in those roles outside of the
2: yeah cause, you know. like at the end, like Brad Pitt beats up the murderers, and then um Leo's kind of like the hero, like
1: mm-hmm. oh and oh yeah,
0: and Leo causes them to oh, let's go kill him, you know that he goes out and bangs mm-hmm. on their car, like he does that part, and then Brad Pitt handles the violence, and then Leo is the hero, and then the same thing, like oh, that's that interesting, I, yeah, the same thing with the spawn ranch, like he Brad Pitts oh fighting off the people um you know when the guy cuts his tire and he's in he's in the dangerous yeah, area Clem or whatever his name is yeah and leo is back doing the acting on set
1: you know kind of a thing yeah that's interesting um i will say like at the at the end when uh when he goes up and he's like telling the story or, or no he's uh jay is that his name yeah jc J- bring yeah, there you go, Sebring. I like the car. Uh, he When he's, like, talking to him through the gate or whatever, he's like, yo, what happened? You know? And then uh, mm-hmm. I wrote this down. I wrote, uh, he, he says, is everyone all right? And he said, yeah, everybody's okay. Just a little shaken up. No, your dude just got fucking stabbed in the hip, and he's going to the yeah. hospital. Not, everybody's not okay. <laughs> I wrote that down.
0: Yeah. Yep, oh, it's no, exactly just, that. You know, and the stuntman's like, "No, don't worry about me. You do your, th- you go be the hero." You know, he, I mean, he doesn't say that exactly, but
1: well, I think he does at some point. He, he's he's like, uh, "You go do your thing. I'll go fix your antenna, or what?" You know, whatever he says. You know, he. Mm-hmm. You're uh, Rick I, fucking Dalton. <laughs> yeah, I love that he like motivates him. He's like his hype man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a, I like it's a, I love the mo- the the way they use that in the movie okay
1: here's the thing and i here's here's one of the things that i wrote down in my general review of the movie Mm -hmm. i don't i I don't think i can appreciate this movie as much as it needs to be appreciated because i don't care about hollywood all that much um and I, i i i put i put in my review that if i cared about hollywood even like one like one millionth as much as quentin tarantino seems to care about it uh maybe this movie would be the greatest movie of all time but um, <laughs> for me i just there's so much of it that just doesn't like the steve mcqueen stuff and like they kept showing what's that what's that other guy's name uh dean martin
0: in the the sharon tate film
1: yeah mm-hmm. is that right uh, and i was like i don't know anything about any of these people uh, you know um and then they made him seem like this big deal uh so that was one thing um that I, said. I felt like that Did that make sense To what you were talking about Or what we were just talking about
0: Well it's it's just not It doesn't It's not a topic That is of interest to you Holly Like Old yeah. Hollywood 60s Hollywood Yeah
1: And so like uh, I don't think I thought about it that much As much as like The way you're putting it With the stuntman And his relationship Like I didn't even think about That at all I was just like Watching the movie You know
0: Hmm. Well, this is a movie because it's not just a lot of Tarantino movies. Like he he spends time with dialogue; he really builds up the characters. But a lot of his movies are very plot driven. Like Reservoir Dogs is is less plot driven. Um, Hateful Eight is less plot driven, but I mean, Glorious Bastards is very plot driven. Django is very plot driven. Um, um, God, what's that movie? Jackie Brown is is very plot driven but this movie this one's is not very the opposite. plot driven at all yeah it's a lot yeah. more like reservoir dogs in that way but um it's a i mean it's literally like a day in the life movie until the last you know well quarter of the film it's not one day it seems like it's, it's no it's it's across two days but it is it it's, only
1: two days
3: Mm-hmm.
1: i thought it was a while because it he, he doesn't see or Ricky, whatever his name is, doesn't see the hippie girl three times in two days, does he?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: He sees he sees her the first day when he goes to drop Leo off, and then he sees her the next day when he's driving the opposite direction to go fix his antenna. And then he sees her coming back the other way and picks her up that third time. Wow. Yeah. I didn't so get that, that. I thought that it was first... over
1: like a couple of months.
0: No, it's over two days right there. So the first day he goes and talks to Al Pacino um, and stuff. He takes him back. He does his line readings. He gets drunk and hung over that night because he's practicing, you know, his lines in the pool with the radio. And um, Cliff Booth is going back, goes back to his um, camper. Yeah. And then the next day he takes, they go to set and uh, do, do all that stuff. And then it jumps ahead to, okay, now here's what happened over the summer. They went to Italy. Here's what happened with Sharon. She got pregnant. And then it jumps to that day when they so come when back. Does she
1: goes? when does Sharon see that movie in comparison to?
0: That uh, same day that they're doing filming Lancer and Brad Pitt goes oh, to the oh, the When is the playboy party,
1: though? That's that night? That's that first when night. They're drunk, yeah. or when they drunk or when he's feeding his dog?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, I didn't get that.
0: They they even show, because at the very beginning of the movie, they say February 8th, 1969, or 7th. I can't remember the exact date. And then the next day they show that February 9th, 1969. That's okay. It's not important. But it's, I mean, it's literally, so the movie is, okay, here, it's a character piece, you know, it's um, whatever you call that. A character piece is that.
1: See, and what's interesting to me until I the down, end, yeah. I wrote, I wrote this down that if that it felt like I wrote that that it felt like way more time was passing at the beginning, um, and like way more stuff was happening, but it was way easier to follow than when the at the very end when all that stuff was happening like just during the small time period, I was I felt like it was very like uh, backwards. Where it was like, why is this short amount of time, where it's only amount of hours, so hard to, for my brain to follow along, with what's happening, uh, mm-hmm. with the because narr- the narrator comes in and he starts narrating, you know, and it just, I don't know, it just the flow of it kind of messed with me a little bit, where it felt very smooth through the beginning, and then when that six month jump happens, yeah, it got very rocky, and I think that it does like r- emulate where he's at in terms of his career as well now that I think about it because um, he's no longer doing all these things and he's went and, he went and did his, like four movies w- in mm-hmm. over probably? like three months or
0: whatever yeah, yeah.
1: and it's kind of like the end of his career or whatever so it's kind of like rocky that's interesting i didn't put that together before either but yeah, yeah that's kind of how i felt about the ending and kind of that
0: um part Something else that is interesting too, because thinking about that is they also have um, Cliff Booth, uh, Brad Pitt's character, has that flashback where he's like, um, remembers the Bruce Lee, you know, fight thing, and then has the flashback within the flashback where he was that a kill, flashback? kills he, his wife. And
1: that, I think that's what I was confusing. Okay. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? So.
0: Yeah, and something else that's interesting, and I didn't think about it really until I was doing some reading about the movie, is that that, it's him remembering it. So it also is like, okay, is this telling us can we trust Brad Pitt? Is this just him remembering how cool he was because he fought Bruce Lee, you know, Um, and stuff like that. So I thought that was interesting. So
1: Bruce Lee wasn't part of the – because didn't – hold on, hold on. Time out. (laughs) Time out. Okay, so. Hold on, let me,
0: Cr- Kristen, are you uh, checking all this with us?
2: Yes. I didn't think about it that way, like, that he's remembering it. So, like, because, like, a lot of people are saying that, like, they don't like the way that Bruce Lee was portrayed in this mm-hmm. movie. And, like, um, I saw on the trivia thing that Quentin Tarantino said that uh, Sharon Lee is the mm-hmm. only one that should be upset about it but um i'm now thinking that maybe they did that purposely because Brad Pitt's character was thinking that Bruce Lee was this like you know huge Pompous ego asshole, yeah like yeah. when it probably wasn't that at all like i think that Brad Pitt's character started it the fight with Bruce Lee cuz that just kind of seems like his character like he just does what he's gonna do like Mm -hmm. you know
0: he takes action yeah
2: Mm -hmm. so that makes sense to me in my head now but yeah that was kind of weird where they would like remember things and go back and it kind of messed up like the timeline sometimes for me but it was really and it 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 was only really
0: that (laughs) sequence too and so it kind of the thing that i was reading was like so it was cliff booth who we're seeing this whole story through too um but you all you go to share and you go to leo by himself and stuff so i don't think that that's really the case but yeah it it's true like okay so he's just full of himself and he thinks he beat up bruce lee and that bruce lee's a jerk but i did read too that bruce lee was like notorious for like beating up um stuntmen not like just oh i'm gonna beat you up but like being really hard on stuntmen um on stuff which is interesting Okay.
1: Okay. Um, go go ahead with your questions. So, because didn't didn't uh, what's his face? Brad not Brad Pitt, but Leo's character get him a job on the set, and Bruce Lee was on that set, and then he got fired from that set. That wasn't so the Lancer
0: was, set, though. That was. That was the Lancer set. No, that was Green Hornet, because he said he had a.
1: When did they show Green Hornet? That was in the same two day span.
0: No, that was in the flashback.
1: See, I thought I thought, th- I thought that Bruce was because during... Bruce Lee played
0: Cato on the Green Hornet.
1: See, I thought he was got. I thought he got was getting him that job. during... No, when he, started, he never when he got it. Trailer. A,
0: that was the flashback.
1: See, I, I don't get that at all. I need to. I don't. That that all because he was wearing a whole different
0: costume and he was in a whole different trailer. I
1: thought he drove him to the thing, and then he said, uh, "Any chance of getting me whatever?" And he's like, "Well, that's it's scary." Uh, mm-hmm. Bloody, bloody, bloody. Yes. So and then they find like, the trailer about it. And he's yeah, it's so just a on. No, hold on, it's a
0: no. hold on, hold on. So. Because
1: um, he's wearing the lion shirt because I made a big deal about that.
0: So th- the, the part, he's like, yeah, no, it's that same guy who was on the Green Hornet. He's not going to give it to you. And so then when Brad is fixing the antenna, he's like, huh, let me think about that. And he's like, okay. He remembers the story. He remembers Leo getting him the job. He remembers beating so up So he's Bruce having Lee. a
1: flashback while he's on the roof? yes and this is at the same time that charlie manson is over at the tate's house talking to some guy about getting his record produced and he's about to come yell at him. he's not that doesn't
0: have, that doesn't that happen happens. in the movie in it the deleted happen. scene
1: i saw it, it that,
3: that's not in the story it's in my of the brain. movie i remember
1: it more than the actual story
3: well don't watch more than
1: that being a part of a flashback
3: oh my gosh so
1: that's in the head because he does some weird crazy dance all right. And then gets to the hostage truck and drives off. It's psychotic.
0: That's probably why they cut it
1: out of the movie. It's probably because this movie's too long. Well, I did not get that that was a flashback
0: at all. Really, uh, he even because then it, com- it comes back to him and he's like, "Fair enough." <laughs> like he's like, "Okay, I get it. Why they don't want me back? He wouldn't take me back for a job." Yeah, no, I did not get that. Oh well. Okay. Um, do you guys have any other? Th- Three things to take?
2: No, um, not really.
0: Well, I'll I'll touch on my favorite part of the whole movie is the whole um, Sharon Stone's day out thing. Not Sharon Stone. What when am I saying? Goes, Sharon Tate, Tate. Tate. Yeah. Sharon Tate. When she goes and watches St- yeah.
1: the movie and gets to the book and stuff gets like that. Gets the book.
0: Yeah. And you know, hey, I'm the in the movie. The little thief, the Yeah. And then she's like gets to see people laughing at her jokes and clapping when she beats up and pretends to act it out she's just like i wrote living, down
1: living it you know i wrote down could you imagine being at the movie theater and somebody having their nasty stinky feet just sitting up like that disgusting
0: Yeah, I didn't dwell on the feet. Like yeah. I said, the feet don't really me. I mean, I
2: didn't. Feet. I saw her dirty feet too and I was like, "Oh, okay." But then I read the trivia was... that they put that in there because Sharon Tate often liked to go barefoot too. Like that was a thing she would do. Nice but like we didn't need to linger on the, on the feet shot, so
1: <laughs> I was like, I would not be sitting in a movie where This lady is like, oh, you're like doing this, and then putting her stinky feet all up, and I don't know. I was like, I would be walking out of that movie. Um, uh, But that's the only thing I have about that. I did really enjoy the interaction she has with that bookkeep, where she's like, he's like, you're talking books, and she's like, Mm -hmm. uh, best thing. Gets excited, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that,
0: and I think so. One thing, um, Tarantino, like he was. getting interviewed by someone he's like why didn't you give margo the person said why didn't you give Margot robbie more lines you know um and he he said i reject that premise um and he's like i think the time we spend with her helps humanize her and
1: show her character more than if she just got to have more dialogue yeah it softens
3: really
2: mm-hmm.
1: um i i i think um i really really enjoy the part where she goes to the movie to do it and uh she's they take go to take a picture she's like well stand by the poster so we know who you are
0: yeah and she's total. she has total humility in that like she's yeah not. yeah so I, I i just like that like i want to have that day where i go out and i got an errand around i'm like you know what let me go catch a movie i'm not in the movie that's okay but let me go catch a movie you know that just sounds nice
1: um this is might not be relevant right now but you know when that at the playboy mansion she's like dancing and mm-hmm. uh who in the hell is that guy talking? And why is he like explaining all their drama? Steve,
0: Steve McQueen. It's Steve McQueen.
1: Okay. Why? Why I don't? I didn't get that part either.
0: It's just th- That's just them explaining why JC bring li- lives with them and stuff like that. It's just to all give you right. context us context as a viewer to what, what that relationship is like and why he's there that night. But why did they
1: do that instead of like the narrator, like they had done for other, you know, I I don't I just, know. I, was, I just, was there a significance may, to that or, I mean, Steve, like, that's why she wouldn't so, hate me or whatever. Like he was, was he trying to get yeah. her? Was that, is that something that happened? Like, was there more history I, to that? that I I'm mean, that's
0: of? maybe that's what it seems like. But it also I think, rick dalton's character is based on steve mcqueen in a lot of ways because um, steve mcqueen had a cowboy show in the 50s and then he he got that's why they make a big deal like he got the great escape mm-hmm. and that's what you know made him a movie star and it's yeah, like and oh that could, that, been, that could have been that could have been rick dalton when they dalton just
1: is saying went on different trajectories when dalton is telling uh the guy that it was between him and four people. He was lying at that point. He was, like, doing the thing? Or what was going on? Was he imagining that?
0: I I think he was imagining it, yeah. Okay. See, I was so but I think he was that. also was downplaying like, it in a way. He probably did get to audition and like stuff. It, it seemed like he had gotten
1: it, get it. And then, like, Steve McQueen had backed out. And then he had gotten it. And then Steve McQueen was like, ah, eh, fuck it, I'll do it. And then it got rid of Rick. That's what it seemed like to me.
0: Yeah. I think it's a combination. Like, I think it, he... he went a lot farther in his pursuit of the role but i don't think he really got to shoot the scenes and stuff like that because that was on set what it was imagining i think that that was his
1: big regret if you will
0: yeah and i think because that's exactly steve mcc the trajectory of their careers diverted at that point
1: because of what happened in the story of this movie yeah this movie maybe it's just because i'm way tired but I feel way more confused now about this movie than I did when we started this podcast.
0: Well, ma- now you got to go watch it again and put all the pieces back together. <laughs> Kristen, you were going to say something.
2: I was? Yeah, you went. <sighs> oh, I just, I was looking at Steve McQueen and Sharon Tate, and mm-hmm. um, Steve McQueen was supposed to be at her house that night that they all got killed. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So there is
0: some significance there then.
2: Because he was friends with J. Sebring. Um, and he gave like his eulogy at his wow. funeral and stuff. Yeah. So he was supposed to go to their house that night, but he ended up not going.
1: See, if we knew all this Hollywood stuff, that would have had way more meaning. That's what I'm talking about. If I cared even one millionth as much Well, I as was
2: actually... Because I, I didn't know a lot about this stuff either, but I was like... Watch while watching the movie. I was googling stuff at the same time, because so, I was like, well, "What's the significant of research. this? She's, what's the significance of that?" Like, and then I started reading, and then I read the whole because I knew about the Sharon Tate murder stuff and everything. But I reread everything so it's fresh in my mind while I'm watching it. And I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." Yeah.
1: This is uh, one thing um, that I wanted to mention. I should have mentioned it earlier when you were talking about the violence, Alex, um, Mm -hmm. and the way that Tarantino does violence. And it's so over the top, like you said, so gory, so much blood. uh, Like in Django, it's just insane. Um, Yeah. And in this one, um, based on just reading what happened in those murders, I think he actually downplayed (laughs) the violence.
0: Yeah. uh, That's the – I mean, he made the certain aspects of it outlandish. But yeah – that's – because like, what really happened it, is really dark and
1: grim. And the amount of, like, st- the stab wounds that occurred mm-hmm. during the actual thing is just uh, – it's an insane amount of number. And so uh, the way that, you know, he, they attack the face of the characters, you know, uh, mm-hmm. completely burn the body. So I think that it gives you, like, almost a higher impact
0: Yeah, um,
1: for what it is. But, yeah um, – just lots of blood and gore. I put not the flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that whole,
0: and then you have Brad Pitt's character is tripping on his acid cigarette. Yeah. too, Which is really funny. Uh, that was, Yeah. I love that. Part. I, I love just, the like, part when and Brandy like, and he's like, Hey, I'm doing the best I can under the circumstances. Okay? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, when he's uh, turns the lights on, he's like, oh, oh, bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just so great. I love the when the narrator is like they're gonna go get a a, a they're drunk on because the only way to say farewell between two f- two guys who are um, Closer more than, than brothers bro- brothers uh, but not as close as
1: lovers or something like that is getting blind not drunk. As, yeah, not as close as his wife. I was like, uh, yeah. that's Lance and Alex. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: I love the so the ending. We talked about the like some of the significance with the, um, you know, stuntman stuff. But I I also like the their friendship is so genuine too. Because at the end, like in Lee, he's getting put in the, um, ambulance. He's like, mm-hmm. "Where are you going?" I'm gonna come. He's like, "No, don't worry about it." Don't, you know, blah, blah blah And then he's like, "You're a good friend, Cliff."
1: And he's like, "I try." <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down uh, partway through. I feel like I relate to Clint, Cliff way too much.
0: I I like to. So the um, I'm the devil and I'm here to do some devil shit is like a real thing that it's a real quote. Yeah, was said. And he's like, because he's like, what's your? Na- I know you. What's your name? He's like, I'm the devil and I'm here. And he's like, no, something stupider Stup- than that. It's like that. Rex. Rex? <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> that's so funny.
0: The um. The final part too. So then he gets taken away and um, Leo is, you know, talking to JC bring and JC bring is behind the gate and stuff. So Mm -hmm. this was like, like the symbolism of it um, that people have analyzed and and critiqued and stuff is like kind of a heaven way. Like he's getting invited to, to the place that he wanted to go. He's like, he's getting the thing he wanted. He's ascending into heaven and one
1: party and he could be in a Polanski. film. Yeah. Sharon's voice coming
0: over the speaker too. It's like a, a, a disembodied voice and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that is really cool. And what when, when I was talking to Kristen too, like this whole movie is really, it is seriously like a love letter from Tarantino to this era of Hollywood and this era of time and feeling in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and sh- the Sharon Tate murders and all that manse and stuff like that did put like a real darkness on some of the, the, you know, go, go free, go lucky feelings of the hippie, and stuff of this time period. And so him, like he took the, that happened in 69. He took that feeling of, okay, everything's going out really s- scary and sad in the sixties. And he's like, gave it a happy ending in a way. And, mm-hmm. um, It's just kind of nice
1: It's sweet No way It's uh It's definitely Definitely interesting when When you put it next to what really happened And uh Um Yeah Uh, I, I like the ending I like the movie It's uh
3: It's good
0: Well, I feel like I talked all this time. Um, did you guys have other topics about the movie that you wanted to talk about?
1: The only thing I have on here is uh, I've got two things that I wanted to talk about. So I liked that when – so when Cliff goes to uh, the ranch uh, and the redhead who's played mm-hmm. by Dakota Fanning, Squeaker, what's her name? Is that Squeaker or something like that? Squeaky? Squeaky, yeah. Uh, right? Right?
0: The yeah, it's
2: squeaky,
1: yeah, Dakota Fanning character. Okay, I, um,
2: I don't think it's Dakota. No, Dakota
0: Fanning plays the girl who's staring out the screen door.
2: Yeah, she's the one that like is sitting watching TV when Brad Pitt's character goes in the house.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, I thought it was squeaky. Anyway, um,
0: it is squeaky. Yeah, that the is the red. The, the
2: redhead is a totally different person that goes oh, to commit it? the murders le- later. Yeah. at the end of the movie, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
2: But you see her at the ranch when Brad Pitt's there.
1: Gotcha. Okay, but I like how they're like. Uh, I, I got to watch F- FBI later, and then so mm-hmm. they they got to watch FBI, and then when he, Cliff goes uh, with uh, Ricketts Rick's episode uh, of FBI, and they're watching, mm-hmm. they watch like a little commentary over it. Oh um, yeah which i thought was really cool and kind of fun uh he's like oh is that out in a uh, pcb <laughs> he's like yeah right out of malibu
0: yeah that's really fun know. And there they um have that um meme where he's holding the beer he's like oh it's me
1: yeah
3: <laughs>
1: yeah that yellow shirt mm-hmm yeah the turtleneck like yep yeah um so I wanted to mention that. And then the only other thing that I had that I wrote down that I specifically was like, like, why is this even in here? Was the uh, the Red Blood, Red Skin movie? Like, what, why? Why was that ne- necessary to include? And specifically, like, a good uh, the only good Indian is a dead Indian. Like, why do you need to feel the necessity to include that hateful stuff? That is, you know what I mean?
0: Well, the, I mean... You got to remember the sentiment of the time too is what he's portraying, but also.
1: But it was, but it was an Italian movie, so.
0: Well, it's an it was an Italian, um, production, but it's what they called
2: yeah spaghetti westerns because I looked it up because, the trivia was talking about how that movie was like a, comparison or like an. Uh. I don't know. There, it's like a comparison to a movie that Burt Reynolds did for Spaghetti Westerns. In 1966, he starred in a movie called Navajo Joe, where he that played a Nebraska Navajo Indian. That was the Nebraska Jim
1: one. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say was, that, like that was another one that was involved.
2: Oh. But yes. But it's like that same thing.
0: Yeah. they were v- the So Spaghetti Westerns were very... Um, racist? Not racist, but they were more characteristic not what's that what's it called when somebody draws a like, caricatures of some of the stuff like westerns but there's also some good ones and the i mean the good bad and the ugly the fistful of dollars like those were spaghetti westerns Sergio leone westerns but the red blood red skin one too was based on another movie called I'm trying to find it here
1: yeah, I can't even find out no, the Wikipedia. Land
0: Land Raiders, is what it was called, and that was a movie about an outlaw who commits a string of robberies and then places the blame on a tribe of Apaches to spark a Native American war.
3: Yeah,
1: and like Western movies, like uh, yeah, like Bonanza and stuff like that. Like they cover um, obviously cowboys and Indians, you know, whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. I just. I didn't feel like it was. It was added anything to the story. I didn't feel like it was. No, was it was just. Uh, it was just there for. Just to include something negative. Just kind of like the feet thing. Why is that in there? Just to show your negative aspects of uh, your feet. I don't know. That's what I felt like. I, I think it, it
0: was just him, like, trying to be like, okay, he made spaghetti westerns and here's someone's. Did he have to make that? Um
1: explicit of a title probably not yeah well and, and and just some of the language that they used with it as well like the specific splurge that took out of it you know i was like "Why?" like you have all the words in the world to choose and these are the ones you're choosing like for what purpose you know what's your intent
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i gotcha
1: i don't know but that's my last thing i have other than the uh, I do have a red cigarette red apple cigarette ad that I really enjoyed from the bloopers yeah that was in yeah. the whole movie that wasn't just in the bloopers the one where he's where where it's like a three minute ad and he's like take a bite and feel all right take a bite of red apple tell I him I don't think that they Jake don't
0: show the, you no they don't show that whole part but they show him doing the dancing and stuff and then he
1: says he says this cigarette tastes like shit." Who, who chose this photo? I got a double chin. I look shit. And he does that, and he like throws a temper tantrum. It's really good. It's really funny.
0: How come the things you remember the most are the, the deleted scenes? They're the, the best
1: parts of the whole thing. <laughs> dang, they're so good. I like I like this movie a lot. They just stood out to me because they were uh, I don't know. They felt they felt like they were a little bit different in the way that mm-hmm. they were kind of set. Like they were just. Hey, here's this in a piece, you know, versus everything else is like connecting to everything. And these are just individual items. I don't know. They have have a straight open and close. So it's easy to remember. Whereas everything else is just kind of glowing together. I see. All right. Kristen,
0: was there anything else you want to talk about? Was it just the soundtrack?
2: Um, No, we kind of hit on like a bunch of the different things that I talked or wrote down like the changing of the real story mm. but like you know like how that yeah. was cool that they changed well, the ending of it and stuff and because like with um people like the way that people talk about the Sharon Tate murder and stuff is that it like that was the end of like the f- love era like, Like, all the hippie stuff of the late 60s and early 70s of that. Like, a lot of people say that when that murder happened, that's when that died. Mm Because, like, a lot of people were like, oh, someone could get killed. Like, you know, like, these people were murdered and stuff.
0: Yeah. For real. Kind of took that away.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I like that they changed it. That was nice. I... Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all I had. That's it. Okay.
1: All right. Any other final uh, thoughts? Yeah. Um. Well,
2: in. I liked the movie, of course, because oh. I said that at the beginning. Um, I thought it was a good story. I like that they changed. That's, like, the thing I like about, like, Quentin's movies of like inglorious bastards where they change the, like what Hitler's happened death. in history. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I feel like those are pretty cool stories to tell and stuff, but, um, I was pretty worried about watching this when I didn't know if I'd like it or what. And mm. I did like it. So, um, I ended up giving it, are we doing ratings right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I ended up giving it a uh, four and a half stars and a light
1: in the little
0: heart yep did um like did your biggest fears then get put aside of what you thought the movie was gonna be or
2: yeah i think so because like i was kind of worried that they were gonna delve deeper into like the actual sharon tate murder stuff and like show that like i don't know like i was just worried that that was gonna be the main focus of the movie but it kind of wasn't so yeah yeah
1: cool for me uh yeah uh i, I i'm glad that you like that uh movie um i'm pretty sure alex appreciates it more uh four and a half stars no scoop. still no no no, no, no kind of fight, not scoom <laughs> get we're getting there one day we'll find something <laughs> uh, for me i i also gave it the exact same uh four and a half stars and a heart for me I think I went down from five uh, from before, which is interesting. Uh, but I put that the movie is beautiful. <laughs> Did you feel like costumes? you had to
0: give it five stars the first time? <laughs> Probably,
1: yep. Um, I felt more confident in my ratings now. I actually gave it a kind of a longer view now that I'm looking back at it. But uh, this movie is beautiful from, co- from costumes and sets to the performances throughout. Uh, I don't really get the point of the movie, though, is what I put. And the overall story is kind of boring for three and a half hours in general. It's just an actor That's who's not losing notoriety. It's not three and notoriety. a half hours. Three hours and 16 minutes is what it was on my thing.
0: Well, if you watched all the bonus features. <laughs> okay, go on. Keep going. It's uh, only two and a half hours, though, the movie itself.
1: Story is just kind of boring. An actor who's losing notoriety and uh, also Charles Manson has a call on the background. Uh, uh, I'm sure if I loved Hollywood, even I put hundred as much as Tarantino, maybe I would have Moved out there and done that thing is what I wrote down. But oh, I just don't care, to be honest. Uh, and then I p- then I complained about the um, red blood thing. And then uh, one more thing. What's up with all the feet shots? What 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 is this? What's upon a time in wiki feet? That's what I wrote down. <laughs> wow. Four and a half and a heart.
0: <laughs> I like it. Well, I gave it five stars. Um, I didn't really put any anything too into my letterbox review. I said stick me in a time machine, man, give me that AM radio. But I think I put my thoughts around this movie. I love the um the way that they tell this this story. Um I don't think it's boring.
1: <laughs> um I didn't think it was boring. I just thought the plot when I thought about the actual plot, what is the plot of this mm-hmm. movie? I just thought like, oh the general like if I were to elevator pitch this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, of the plot. I'm kind of like, you know, when he's sitting in the chair with the little girl. He said, "Well, what's the story? That's the story, yeah. the story. That's the story. And I was just like, OK, it's fine. But it's just for how long the movie was and sort like how how uh, how they told it, you know, um, I just like that. Like you kind of said about how most of this movies are plot driven and this one's not. It just it, like it felt kind of like, oh, when you actually think about it, it's just kind of but it's actually mm. but when you watch it it's beautiful and it's amazing and that's his director that's Quentin Tendr- that's what makes him amazing as a director because it yeah. does it's not this super like heavy like intense plot but he still makes it amazing you know
0: well I love this movie and it's one of my favorites and my favorite Tarantino film so I'm glad to have watched it thank you and um, I rescind my time.
1: <laughs> I didn't mean to talk over everybody. I feel like I just talked over you guys. No, go ahead, Kristen.
2: Uh, is it my turn to pick a theme?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: No, I'm not ready. <laughs> Um thinking,
1: thinking, thinking hard. Oh uh, what's the point? There's too many questions. Thinking.
2: <sighs> okay. So you guys said that we haven't done one specifically on a director yet, right? That's true. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm go with one of my I had two in mind, two themes, and I want to watch Strictly Ballroom. So um, I'm going to go with Baz Luhrmann films.
1: Movies that involve a ballroom?
2: <laughs> no. Um, movies directed by Baz Luhrmann.
1: You said okay. you want to watch Strictly Ballroom. Got
2: it. Yep. And that's my choice is Strictly Ballroom.
1: 1992. Yep. All right, cool.
0: Well, we'll watch Strictly Ballroom next week, and then, then it'll go my choice, then Jacob's choice in the Basil Luhrmann so, filmography.
1: So he only has six movies, we said?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what one you want to pick, Jake? Mm,
1: no. Okay.
3: <laughs>
2: it's
1: it's going to be between... One of these six movies, I'm guessing, that one of five. <laughs> one of five. But, yeah, man. one of five. One of four. I'm not going to pick Australia. <laughs> it's going to either be Moulin Rouge. Rouge. Mulan Rouge. <laughs> Moulin Rouge. It's got an exclamation point. Uh, Romeo add Juliet. <laughs> addition sign. The Great Gatsby. Or Elvis. Yeah, I don't know. Right now, I'm leaning either towards Great Gatsby or Romeo plus Juliet. I will not call it Angelia because that's not what it's Interesting.
0: It I'm, I'm interested in Mulan Rouge. That might be my pick. I've never seen that movie.
2: I See, love I was, that
1: movie. I was thinking that's what I was going to pick, so I won't even consider that <laughs> That's funny.
0: Okay, cool. Well, thank you guys for listening if you've made it this far. Um, hope you've enjoyed this theme in this episode. If you did, give us a rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, share it, post it. Write a book about it and follow us on Twitter at hey, I'll Take
1: Three Podcast. If you like this podcast, you like this episode of podcast, how about we start a podcast where you talk about our podcast? That would yeah. be a real, that'd be a real <laughs> fan. Okay. That'd
2: call be it Amazing. Call <laughs> it
0: No I'll Take Three. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that. Somebody please
3: start
1: that. <laughs> um, and I'm also on Twitter at Alex Expressed. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Jake Duke. Also, feel free to follow my art page on Instagram at Mr. Jake Duke Art. Like, yeah, I love your art.
2: Um, and if you want to follow me, I don't post a lot at all, but you can follow me on Twitter at I am Kristen One.
0: All right, great. Yeah. Cut. Print.
1: <laughs> I think we're set. Once upon a time in. Hollywood? Bye.
2: Bye.
3: Bye. Bye.
2: Okay, I have two things.
3: <laughs> oh, snap.
1: Chris that's one too many themes uh,
0: I know. Over ten. Ten marked two. We've got a over situation. ten. I've got a situation here.
1: What is it? Uh, copy? We're gonna
0: come in for a crash landing, copy.
1: You're gonna come in for a crash landing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Planning it on the doing a crash landing. <laughs> you trying to make a reservation for a crash landing? <laughs> Can I book one crash landing? <laughs> yeah, what time would you like this? No, but give me, give me about
0: 25 seconds. We're coming in hot.
3: Such a good thing. Yeah.